All right, we'll say good morning, good morning. Let us begin. I'm going to begin by thanking our sponsors for today's shir. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsor for Adar Bey's Leah Soul for dedicating this shirim and drushos this month in honor of all of those who plan the beautiful groundbreaking. I also want to take the opportunity to thank Rabbi Kamal Akiva for giving shir over the last two days. Always, uh, always a great zuchos for us for the entire shir. And also with that, let us begin. Sorry, let me just... Good. First, we have an incredible, incredible Gemara, really incredible Gemara ahead of us today. Really exceptional Gemara ahead of us today. Hopefully you did your homework. We are beginning today, Chaf Amud Aleph, at the Mishnah. At the Mishnah. So we have a fascinating Mishnah today. Here we go. Klal Omru B'Yavama. What's actually interesting about this Mishnah now is that in Meretz HaShem, we're going to go back and kind of get a little bit into some of the mechanics of Yibul. So the Mishnah says as follows, Klal Omru B'Yavama. They said a Klal, a general rule, when it comes to the Yavama, when it comes to Yibul. Koshi Isr Erva. So the truth is, this is nothing new. We've been operating with this principle since the beginning of the Masechta. Any time that the Yavama is an Isser Erva. But remember again, this is how we got started. How do we get started? Reuven and Shimon, right? right Reuven is married to two women, Rachel and Leah. Rachel was Shimon's daughter. That's how we got started with this. And the principle was that Allah Chalamaisa, a woman who is an Erva, is not shaykh to Yibum, right? It's not the pshat that she's p'tur, that she's exempt from Yibum. She is fundamentally outside of the framework of Yibum. So that's the Mishnah saying, Klal Amru, Klal A woman who is an erva to the Yavam, a woman who is an erva to the surviving brother, does not do Chalitza, nor does she do Yibum. Which Abosai means, she is not subject to the Halachos of Yibum at all. Isr Mitzvah, Isr Mitzvah, so we'll say, now we're going to get into some more categories. Really fascinating. Isr Mitzvah, the Isr Kedusha, if Lamaisa again, a woman, is subject to an Isr Mitzvah, we'll define what that means in just a moment, or Isr Kedusha, these are women who are also prohibited. These are cases of the Yavama where she is prohibited. We'll discuss the exact nature of the prohibition. The Isr Mitzvah, Isr Kedusha, Cholat says, Velo Mitzvah Ultimately, again, these women do Chalitza, and they don't, they don't do Yibum. Okay, we'll see what that means in just a moment. Next case. Achosa shehi yevimta cholatzes ob misyavemes. Shabbos say this is the case of a sister who is also the yevama, ultimately does chalitza, does chalitza or yibam. Now, Shabbos say if you take a look at the sheet I gave you, and I sent it out on the WhatsApp chat also, it might be easier to follow it along in, in a hard copy if you'd like. So I'll say, so just take a look. The pic, it's, it's, I'll tell you, this is the safer. I, have, I bought the safer the last cycle. Sometimes I find the pictures make it look more complicated than not. But Lamaisa, you'll see it's actually a very straightforward case. If you take a look at the first line, 119.1. See that first line? So you have two families over here. Two independent families, right? We'll call them the left family and the right family. Okay, so we'll say, so again, left family has two daughters, Machla and Noah, beautiful. Right family has three sons, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Ruvain himself is married and has a son, Chanoch. Beautiful. 119.2, what happens? Chanoch married Machla. Now, we'll say, now I know this is going to sound strange. No one's related to each other. There's no problems. This is just a good old-fashioned marriage, right? There's absolutely no problems over here, right? So, Chanoch, Chanoch marries Machla, okay? Unfortunately, Chanoch passes away. 
Fine. 119.3. Machla then goes and marries Shimon. And also along the way, Noah, her sister, marries Levi. So at this point in time, now Shimon and Levi are married to two sisters. But remember, the wife of Shimon is also the former daughter-in-law of Reuven. That's what's happened over here. Okay, following this? Right? So again, like I said, straightforward case. Very straightforward. So, so now at this point in time, again, Hanoch has passed away. Essentially, Hanoch's uncle Shimon married his widow, which again, no problem with that. There's no real halachic relation over there, right? So therefore, again, Machla, Machla is married to Shimon and her sister, independently of this, marries Levi. What happens? 119.4, Shimon and Levi pass away. Shimon and Levi pass away. Now, both say at this point in time, two distinct women fall before Ruving, Shimon's widow and Levi's widow. Now, both say Levi's widow there's absolutely, it's fine. It's just a straightforward Yibam situation. There's no ever, there's no nothing. Shimon's widow, what's the problem? Shimon's widow, Machla, is also Ruvain's daughter-in-law. Or was Ruvain, in other words, was Ruvain's son's wife. Then I both say, the erva of a son's wife applies even if the son is no longer in the picture. So in this case over here, so, Ru- so Ruvain has two women falling before him in Yibum, Levi's widow, whom there's absolutely no problem, and Shimon's widow, who there is an Arab situation. So I will say, so that's the case. Like I said, very straightforward. So if you look in the Mishnah, the Mishnah says, Achosa Vimta, Omis Now say, now in this case, could Shimon do Yibum with ma- looking looking at line one nineteen four? Could Shimon do Yibum with Machla? Could he do Yibum with Machla? No, why not? It's his son's wife. I know it sounds strange. His son has passed away, but it's, it's his son's wife. So he can't do Yibam with her. But I will say, but remember again, what did we learn in the Mishnah? Whenever you have an Erva situation, the Erva is essentially what? Removed from the Yibam context. Now, what's interesting about this over here is as follows. Machla and Noah are sisters. So you might have thought that the fact that they're sisters therefore precludes Ruvain from doing Yibam with either one of them. Kamash Molon, that we view Machla as being essentially outside of the entire picture. Because since she is not Shayechas to Yibam at all, she has nothing to do with Yibam, because Ruvain can't do Yibam with her, because she is an Erva to him, we actually view her as if she's non-existent in this situation, which then allows Ruvain to do Yibam or Chalitza with Noah, whichever one he, whichever one he decides. Beautiful. We'll say that's that case. Again, we'll delve more into it in the Gemara, but that's the case. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. But we'll say, let's go back now. So remember, again, we said, the Mishnah said before, that you have cases of Isra Mitzvah and Isra Kedusha. And when a woman is either an Isra Mitzvah or Isra Kedusha, we tell the Yavam to do Chalitzah and not do Yibam. What's Isra Mitzvah, Isra Kedusha? Isra Mitzvah, Shnios Midivrei Sofrim. So we'll say, this, we're going to spend a lot of time on this in tomorrow's daf. This refers to what we call shnios. So we'll say shnios means women who are biblically permitted, but rabbinically prohibited. What we'll call a rabbinic, rabbinic erva. Those are called ultimately, again, isr mitzvah. Isr kidusha. Who does isr kidusha refer to? That's Amar Kohen Gadol, Grusha V'chalutza L'Koin Hedyot, Mamzer Unasina L'Yisrael, Ubas Yisrael L'Nesim L'Mamzer. And I'll say, who's Isra Kedusha? Isra Kedusha is an example of, let's say, a Kohen Gadol marrying a widow, right? Or a regular Kohen marrying a divorcee. Or a Yisrael going ahead and marrying a Mamzeres or a Nesina. 
Also, we'll speak about the Nesinim. We've spoken about them before. The Nesinim, again, this goes back to the time of Yoshua ben Nun, where these individuals tricked Yoshua into thinking that they were a foreign people when in fact they were one of the indigenous nations in Canaan. They converted, they were accepted, but their conversion was always subject to some level of dispute. Let's, let's kind of frame this all together like this. So the Mishnah essentially is highlighting four different things. Principle number one. Principle number one. Whenever a woman is in erva to the Yavam, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? No yibum, no chalitza. In other words, there's nothing. There's nothing. She's simply ineligible for the process, and therefore, by definition, she's viewed outside of the framework. That then leads the Gemara, the Mishnah, to the second case of what the Mishnah called achosa shehi yivimta. Two sisters who are married to two brothers one of whom is an erva to the surviving brother. Essentially, again, we view her as out of the picture so that the surviving brother could do yibum with the eligible sister. That's part two. Part three, Rabbi Osai, was what? When it comes to an iser kidusha or an iser mitzvah or an iser kidusha. Iser mitzvah is rabbinic erva. Iser kidusha essentially is a marriage punishable by a love or subject to a love. Now, I both say we're going to see the interesting part with relationships that are, that are prohibited by a love is what? Is what? They work. In other words, when I say they work is if you affect marriage with such a woman, the kiddushin is chal. It's asr, but it's chal. So what the Mishnah is saying is when you have a yibum situation where the woman is either an isra mitzvah ultimately rabbinically prohibited to the Yavam, or biblically prohibited, but not in Isser Kares, what we'll call just an Isser love. In those cases, we make the Yavam do Chalitza and tell him that he can't do Yibo. Those are the rules of the Mishnah. Beautiful. Let's go back there. Says the Mishnah, says the Gemara, Klala Suyebai. Now, both say, in general, whenever the Mishnah espouses a rule, a principle, right, a klal, a klal usually comes to include something more than is stated in, in, the, in the Mishnah itself. So over here, the Gemara asks, what is it that the Mishnah is coming to include? Klal bar papa saras Interesting to go ahead and include the co-wife of an islandist. Now, I remember again, an islandist is a woman who is incapable of having children, but it's not just, not just a woman who's barren. It's talking about a woman who fails to physically mature in, in, as, as a woman. So ultimately, again, it's not just, this is not a simple fertility issue, right? This is Lamaisa physiological issue as well. There's a lack of physical maturation. So the, so the Mishnah says, it's coming to include Saras Islandist. Now, both say, remember, <coughs> remember, it's coming to include the fact that we saw this, this was the first Mishnah. The first Mishnah in the Mesechta was that what? If you are the co-wife of an erva, you essentially what? Take on the same status as the erva herself. So when the Mishnah says Klau, the Gemara suggests, Raphram Bar Papa says it comes to include the co-wife of an islandess. Just like an islandess is not subject to Yibum, her co-wife is exempted as well. Could Ravasi, in accordance with the opinion of Ravasi, take a look at Rashi, La Sui Tsaras Islandess Kid Ravasi, the Parakamon, Doloho Latas Velomis Yavemes, the Ervan Karina Ba'islandess, the Miata Krame Asher Telet, the Kaima Labe Isra Eshazach, Hilchach Tsaras Erva, 
Taras Taras Yerba. So Bosa Ravasi was the one who held that Allah, this is very interesting, his position was that an islandess has the status of an erva, which is fascinating. Right? Why will say, what's the point of Yibum? What's the point of Yibum? Lahakim Zar Lahiv. To ultimately again establish offspring for the deceased brother. An islandess who is incapable of having children, Ravasi said, she's pretty much just like an erva. She's pretty much just like an erva. And therefore, Allah again, her tsara, her co-wife, will become prohibited as well. Another say, well, an alternate version of this. There's an alternate version. The other version is like this. Any time that the primary wife ultimately has an isra erva, so the co-wife is prohibited as well. But if the wife is not an isra erva, then her co-wife is not prohibited. For example, this would come to exclude the co-wife of an islandess. So both say, what it comes down to over here is just, so remember, all the Gemara is just trying to understand is when the Mishnah says klal, it's coming to include something that's not written here in the Mishnah. What is it coming to include? So both say, so here's what's fascinating. We saw this before in Yudbeis. There is a machlokas as to how to look at an islandess. Right? If a woman is incapable of having children because of a lack of physical maturation. And we'll say, when we say lack of physical maturation, it's not just the pshat that, you know, she's late in maturing and she'll mature later on. This is the idea. She's not going to physically advance. She's not going to physically mature in a feminine fashion. Stay for both sides. Here's what's interesting. How do you look at that woman? Is that woman viewed as an erva? Or is that woman viewed some, simply as someone who is ineligible for ibum? What's the nafkamina? What's an afkamina? Does she impact her tsara? If you view her as an erva, then ultimately again, an erva always disqualifies her tsara as well. If you just simply view her as ineligible, she's not an erva, she's not an erva, she's just ineligible, then she's ineligible, but her co-wife ultimately is eligible. So we'll say, that's the machlokis. Beautiful. Next case. So we'll say, remember again, we did this, this was the chart, right? This right, was the chart was helpful, no? Okay, no. All right, good. We'll say, so again, I thought it was helpful. Fine. We'll say, so again, so, so the nice again, this was this case that we did, so the Gemara says, so we already did this, we already did this in the Gemara. Whose sister are we referring to? If you say it's a case of a woman who is the sister of an Isser Mitzvah, i.e. a rabbinic erva, keva de midaraisa ramya kamei, paga ba'achosa zikukaso. If Lamaisa, again, if it's only a rabbinic erva, then Lamaisa, that wife is still chayeves in yibum midaraisa, and to marry her sister would ultimately be marrying the sister of your zikuka. Rabbi, you have to say it's talking about a case of a sister of an Isser Erva, a Daraisa Rabbish, which was exactly this case we went through on the sheet. Remember again, this is where Noah, right? Noah, right? Because remember again, if you skip down all the way to 119.4, what we're looking at at the end of the day is like this Shimon and Levi both pass away. Their wives both fall before Ruvain. Now remember again, the issue over here is Bachla is an erva to Ruvain. Why is she an erva to Ruvain? Because she is halachically, we'll call it Ruvain's daughter-in-law. She's Ruvain's daughter-in-law. Noah is her sister. 
No, it's her sister. So say, but again, the Chiddush of the Mishnah is that essentially we view Machla as what? As what? As just out of the picture. We just don't view her as part of the equation because Lamaisa, again, she's not subject to Yibom. Because she's out of the picture, that allows Noah, who technically, we'll say, now remember, look at this for just a moment. What is Noah? Noah is the sister of an Erva Daoraisa who's also subject to Yibam to the same man. But again, remember, this is not a case of Tzara. Why is it a case of Tzara? Why not? They're married to two different men. Remember again, Tzara are co-wives, married to the same man. It's interesting, because in this case, the two sisters are flowing to the same Yavam, Ruvain, right? And one of them is an Erva, one of them is not. So again, our mind has been programmed in Yavamas to say, one second, two women fall to the same Yavam, one is an Erva, one is not. So obviously, again, the erva disqualifies the other. No, 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 no. The erva only disqualifies the other when the two women are connected. But in this case over here, there's not a marital bond between the two women, the two sisters. Therefore, the Maisa, we essentially view Machla as if she's out of the picture, right? Because she's out of the picture. She's totally ineligible for Yibum. She's just not, not subject to it. And that clears the way for Noah to ultimately do Yibum or Chalitza with Ruvain. Incredible. So we're we'll getting into really interesting sugyas. Isra mitzvos shniyos. So we'll remember again, the Mishnah said. So j- just to be clear, <clears throat> if you have a woman, if you have a woman who is an erva dirabanan, now both say we're going to get into these cases tomorrow. We're going to go through a whole chart. Amir Hashem. We'll see a whole bunch of cases like this. Rabbinic ervas, right? So these are women who are biblically permitted but rabbinically prohibited. So what did the Mishnah say? If you have a yibum situation where the woman who falls to the yavam ultimately is what we call an Isra Mitzvah. And I will say Isra Mitzvah, Isra Mitzvah is Shnios. Shnios means literally a secondary class, which refers ultimately to Rabbinic Erva. So what happens in that kind of case, Rabbi What does the Yavam have to do according to the Mishnah? What does he have to do? Chalitza. Now remember again, you can't do nothing. Why can't you do nothing? Why can't you not do? Why can't you do nothing? Because remember again, Midaraisa, this woman is eligible. But Midrabanon, she's Asura. So therefore, what we make the Yavam do is you can't do Yibum, we make him do Chalitza. Again, we're going to illustrate these cases in tomorrow's daf. Says the Gemara, my Karilu Isra Mitzvah. Why do we call, why do we call a rabbinically prohibited woman, right? A woman who's an Erva Dirabanon, why do we call her an Isra Mitzvah? So I'll say, this is great. Amr Abaye, because Mitzvah Lashma, Debrei Chachamim. Yeah, it's very simple, because there's a mitzvah to listen to Chazal, right? When Chazal legislate laws, when Chazal legislate halacha, there's a mitzvah, right? The, the, Torah, the Torah tells us we have an obligation to listen to the words, Do not veer from what they, the Chazal, tell us, right or left, because there's a mitzvah to go ahead and listen to Chazal, we call rabbinic law mitzvahs. Therefore, a woman who is rabbinically prohibited is going to be called an Isr mitzvah. Beautiful. Next, Isr Kiddusha. So we'll say the next category, remember, was what? Isr Kiddusha. Now we'll say, remember again, who are, who are Isr Kiddusha people? What are Isr Kiddusha women? What are they? What are they? What type of prohibition? Doraisa. Biblically prohibited women. But they're the type of situations where what? Where if you were to marry them, the Kiddushin would be Chal. 
So it's the same type of scenario where, is, where essentially over here is to tell them to do nothing. Can't tell them to do nothing because technically they can affect Yibum with these women. But at the same time, Yibum would be a prohibition. So in this case, we tell the men, we tell the Yavam, you, ha- you can't do Yibum, you have to do Chalitza. So for example, Isra Kedusha, Amar of the Kohen Gadol, Kedusha Vechalitza, the Kohen Hedyot. Ultimately, again, this would be, this would be Halacha Lamaisa. Um, one second, let me just see one thing. Okay, you know, we'll do the Rambam. We'll do the Rambam in a bit. I want to jump ahead. Fine. Okay, we'll, we'll get to Rambam afterwards. Fine. So, so, so this is, so again, this is Isser, sorry, Isser Kedusha, Amana the coin Gadol, Grusha Bechalutza the coin Hedyot. So Isser Kedusha, the example of that would be an Amana to a coin Gadol, widow to a coin Gadol, or Grusha Bechalutza to a coin Hedyot. So it says, Marvamai Karilu Isser Kedusha, why do we call these women in Isra Kedusha? Right? What, 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 is, what does that mean? The Gemara says, Because the Pasuk says, it's interesting because although the, later on we get into Mamzer, but the first way the Mishnah illustrates this is by Kohanim. By Kohanim, there's a mitzvah of Kedoshim Yiyu Lelokeim. Right? That ultimately, again, the extra level of Kedusha. So therefore, again, it's called an Isser Kedusha because, again, these prohibitions, these women represent a prohibition to the Kuhuna because of their obligation to maintain a heightened level of Kedusha. The Yimar Tzayin Rabbi Huda Machlef. Rabbi Huda actually switch around, switches around the categories. He says, Isser Mitzvah is Amar Lekoin Gadol Grusha Vachalutza Lekoin Hedyot. So we'll say, Rabbi Yehuda says like this, he holds the category of Isser Mitzvah actually refers to the Amana to the Koin Gadol, Grusha and Chalutza to the Koin Hedyot, Va'amai Karle Isser Mitzvah, why do you call these women an Isser Mitzvah? Dixiv Eilah HaMitzvos, Eilah Mitzvos. Because we'll say the Pasik when speaking about again, the mitzvos, right? The prohibitions of the Kohanim to marry certain women. He used Lashon of Eilah HaMitzvos. So he calls him Isra Mitzvah. Isra Kedusha, Shnios Mitivrei Sofrim. So again, I'll say in Rabbi Huda's model, the Isra Kedusha, that refers to the women who are rabbinically prohibited as an erva. Vamai Karilu Isra Kedusha. Why do you call rabbinically prohibited women Isra Kedusha? Rabbi said, this is beautiful. Amr Abaye, Kolamakayim Divrei Chachamim Nikra Kadosh. Rabbi said, because whoever upholds rabbinic law is called the Kadosh. It's called the Kadosh. What and tell me, and if you don't uphold rabbinic law, what, you're just not called the Kadosh? Aren't you called the Rasha? In other words, what, 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 what does that mean? Rather, Rava says, that I will say, what does it mean to be Kadosh? And I will say, it's quite beautiful. What does it mean to be Kadosh? To be Kadosh means to be able to sanctify yourself even with that which is permitted. The essence of Kiddush, Rabbi is not just drawing the line between that which is Mutter and that which is Asr, but recognizing that sometimes you even have to draw the line in life within that which is permitted in order to go ahead and safeguard one's holiness. That sometimes what Kiddush means is not straddling the line between Mutter and Asr, but it means creating Giddar and creating boundaries. And boundaries sometimes means even prohibiting things that are inherently permitted, but we prohibit them in order to safeguard, in order to safeguard our spirituality. That's called Kiddusha. 
That's called Kiddusha. Now both say the truth is these two answers are really linked. Because that's what the Gemara says that whoever upholds Divrei Chachamim is called Kadosh. Now both say, what are Divrei Chachamim? What did Chazal do? Chazal rarely legislated new laws. Sometimes they did, but more often than not, what are Chazal doing? Chazal are creating protective fences around biblical law. So that's why the Gemara says, whoever listens to Divrei Chachamim is called Kadosh. Because the acceptance of rabbinic law essentially is, represents a willingness to prohibit that which is permitted for the greater good of safeguarding my spirituality. A person who is willing to give up certain things in order that are permitted, inherently permitted, to safeguard their ruchnius, such a person like that is called a kadosh. And I will say, what an incredible idea. Kedusha, so what you see from the schema is what? Kedusha doesn't come from just doing what you're expected to do. Right? Isn't this incredible? Right? Doing what I'm expected to do is what? Is what? It's the obligation, right? That's it. That's not Kiddusha. That's not Kiddusha. That's adherence. That's adherence. Kiddusha comes from going above and beyond. That Kiddusha comes when a person is willing to say, you know what? I know that this is okay. I know that it's technically permitted. But I also know that I have to draw my boundaries in life. So I'm willing to give up that which is permitted to me for the sake of the greater good of my Ruchnius. That's called Kiddusha. What an incredible Yisrael say. So I'll share with you two beautiful ideas. There's a fascinating idea here by the vision of Zerebah, the Avas Yisrael. He says, listen to this quote. He says, he says, I'll give you, I'll give you a klal. He says, there are three categories in life. Masha Aser, Hare Aser. There are things that are Aser. What, what's Aser is Aser. And he says, Mitzvah, those things that are a mitzvah, you have to do. Here's the tricky part in life. So right, what's aser is aser. What's a mitzvah is a mitzvah. What's the tricky part in life? What about the things in life that are mutter? The things in life that are mutter. That's where you have to make a cheshbon, says the vision at Sarebah. Right? If it's asr, it's clear that I can't do it. If it's a mitzvah, it's clear that I have to do it. What if it's mutter? What if it's mutter? What if it's permitted? If something is permitted, says the vision at Sarebah, that's where a person really has to think, I know it's permitted, but should I do it? Should I do it or not? And to kind of build on that, I saw one more beautiful idea brought down in the Sefer Netzutzi Ashas. He brings down this, con- this idea. He gives an incredible mashal. That was such a great mashal, and every, every parent could appreciate this mashal. says that pa- father is traveling with his child, and the child goes out, they're, they're walking, and the child sees a uh, store selling ice cream, so the child wants the ice cream. Father says, of course, buys the child an ice cream. They walk a little bit further, child sees a candy store, I want a chocolate bar. Father says, no, you can't have the chocolate bar, you just got the ice cream. So what does the child do? Right? As often children do. So, right, first, of course, every child asks nicely, please, rations, reason, right, reasons with the father. Child throws a fit. Mamish throws a fit. Five says, you know what, fine, here, here, here's the chocolate. But this is it. This is it. They pass a toy store. They pass a toy store. Right? Child, I want that, I want that, Chashka, I want that thing. Fossil, look, you know, come on. Got you the ice cream, got you the chocolate, that's it. Mamish, meltdown, mother of all meltdowns, right? And again, so father says, fine, fine. You know what? Again, I sort of just, just give up. So, so the, he's quoting over here from the Sefer, from the Sefer, from the Silos God. So the Mechaber says, so the father buys the kid 
right? The ice cream, the chocolate, the toy, giving everything. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, has the father done anything wrong by getting the child every single thing? So the truth is no, there's no issue, there's no this. But what's the problem with the chinuch that the child is getting? See, the problem with this chinuch is the child has learned whatever you want, you get. Whatever you want, you get. And the Savior Mesilos, God says, there is no more destructive hashkafa in life than thinking that just because you want it, you should have it. He goes on, he says, This type of habituation of thinking that whatever you want, you get, is a terrible thing. So much of life is recognizing you don't get whatever you want. You see, when you look at what happened with that father and child, is there anything wrong with, right? Look, the ice cream was Chalav Yisrael, right? The chocolate, the chocolate had, you know, 50 hashkachas on it. The toy, it was a Dalvar Chaim Kalievsky, you know, whatever it was, whatever it was, right? It was mamish, every single thing, incredible, incredible, incredible. Except what kind of chinuch is that? What kind of chinuch is that? If a child grows up to think that they could have every single thing that they want. Such a child who grows up getting every single thing they want will become an adult who wants every single, who, who thinks he can get every single thing he wants. And I will say, that's not a Yid. That's not a Jew. Right? Kadesh is Atzmucha B'mashe Mutalach, Nikra Kodesh. Right? What does the Gemara say? What's Kiddusha? Kiddusha is recognizing that just because you can have it does not mean you should have it. Like the vision that said, sometimes even that which is mutter is not good for me. And I will say, by the way, it's an incredible yisod. It's an incredible yisod with parenting because often we don't realize this. Like parents think that sometimes they love, every parent loves their child and every parent wants to give their child everything. But sometimes we don't realize that giving our children everything is not doing them a favor. It's being margil them in this mindset that if you want it, you could have it. And that's actually antithetical to a Jewish chinuch. Because a Jewish chinuch is, there are things that are aser and you can't do. There are things that are mitzvahs and you must do. And then there's that whole mutter category. But just because it's mutter doesn't mean you should do it. And just because it's mutter doesn't mean you should have it. Life is all about exercising proper restraint, right? And drawing our lines and avoiding a life of excess in all different ways. And the Gemara is telling us, that's where Kedusha comes. Not just for Chinuch, it's for ourselves also. Of trying to figure out in our own lives, in the realm of mutter, in the realm of mutter, what is it that I should be having? And where is it that I should draw the line for myself? Because I recognize that if I don't draw my line here, I'm going to get into spiritual territory that is going to have a negative repercussion. Incredible. Let's go back there. Says the Gemara. So remember again, the example, the example of the Isra Kedusha, the example of the Isra Kedusha that the Isra Mitzvah that the Mishnah gave, that the, sorry, Isra Kedusha, that the Mishnah gave was an Amara to a coin Gadol. So here's what's interesting. Kaposik Vitani, Loshnamina Nisun, Loshnamina Erasin. 
Now, listen, here's what's interesting about this case. The case, so we, we have an amana, so, I will say, so, just, so just to be clear, here, here, here's the situation. Imagine there's two brothers, Reuven and Shimon, right? They're both Kohanim, both Kohanim. So now what happens? What happens? So now Reuven dies. Shimon also obviously the Kohen Gadol. So I say now you have an interesting situation, which is Shimon has an obligation of Yibum. Could Shimon do Yibum? Could Shimon do Yibum? No, why not? Why not? He's the Kohen Gadol. Kohen Gadol can't marry an Almona. Right? Kohen Gadol can't marry a widow. So I will say, so now here's what's interesting about this. This is what we call, this is what the Mishnah called an Isser Kedusha. So we said that Halacha Lamaisa, the Kohen Gadol can't go, he has to do Halitza, can't do Yibum. And I will say, Himura makes a fascinating observation. Kaposek v'tani lo shlamina nisuv lo shlamina irisin. The truth is, the Mishnah makes no difference whether or not the widow was widowed from irisin or from nisuin. And I will say, now what's the nafkim? You know, watch this. This is fascinating. I understand why that if Ruvain was fully married to his wife and then he passed away and he widowed her from Nisuin, I understand why Shimon, the surviving brother who's the Kohen Gadol, can't do Yibum. Do you know why? The Gemara says, Both say this is fascinating. Let's see what's going on over here. Remember again, on one hand we have an Asay. What's the Asay? What's the Asay? Yibum. On the other end, what do you have? If we're talking about a woman who was widowed from Nisuin, for a Kohen Gadol, you have two issues. Number one, right? You have a low sase. What's the low sase? Kohen Gadol is not allowed to marry a widow. What's the ase? The ase is Kohen Gadol must marry a Besula. He has to marry a virgin. If she's widowed from Nisuin, I understand why he can't do Yibum. Because although there's an ase of Yibum, there's a low sase that you can't marry a widow, and an ase that has to marry a basula. And an ase cannot override a low sase and an ase. Look at Rashi just a moment. Kaposik Vitani, Rashi says over here, so I'll say this is incredible. So I understand the case of where she's widowed, where she's widowed from Nisuin, because you have an assay of Yibum, but the assay of Yibum cannot override the assay and the low assay of number one, marrying a widow, and number two, marrying a woman who is not a basula. Watch this. But I will say, what about where Ruvain, Ruvain died, but all he did with Rachel, his wife, was Erisin. They never lived together. In which case, now she's widowed. So you have the issue of a, of a widow, but she's still what? She's still what? A basula. If that's the case, why don't we say that the assay of Yibum should be the losa assay that a coin Gadol can't marry an Amora? It's good kasha. Good kasha. Incredible. Amrav Gidol Marav. Shabbos say, come Rav Gidol says the name of Rav. Listen to this. Amr Kra. We also yivim to Ashara. The Pasik says that ultimately in Bosnia, and this is actually the Pasik by Chalitza. So the Pasik says, If the man does not want to marry his Yevama, ultimately again, the Yevama will go up to the gate. Now we'll say, Shara is a reference to the Beisdin. So now look what Rav says. 
The truth is, the Pasik doesn't need to say Yevimto. It's unnecessary. Because you know who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So why does it say Yevimto? So look at this drasha. Rav says, it's coming to teach us that there is a type of Yevama who can only do Chalitza and can never do Yibum. Who is that Yevama who can only do Chalitza and never do Yibum? Rav says, I will say, what the Gemara is coming to teach us, the Mishnah is coming to teach us, is that halacha whenever you have a situation where the Yevama is prohibited to the Yavam by penalty of a love, not an Isakaris, a love, what's the halacha? She is only subject to Chalitza and cannot do Yibum. In other words, even though you're making a cogent halachic argument, which is let the assay of Yibum be doche, the lo sa'asei of Amana, Rav Darshins va'osa Yevimto Ashara. The Torah didn't need to say Yevimto, the Yevama. The fact that it mentions Yevama is coming to speak about someone specific. There is a Yevama, there is a person who is only subject to Chalitza and is not permitted to do Yibum. Who is the woman who could only do chalitza and cannot do yibum? That is the woman who is prohibited through a love. That's the example of Rabbi Sayyid Wat. For example, an amana to a coin gadol, even if she was widowed when? 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 From Arison. It's beautiful. I mean, it's not beautiful, it's tragic, but I'm saying, but, but you understand, it, halachically it's beautiful. Halachically it's beautiful. So the Gemara says, Maybe maybe it's talking about a woman who's subject to karis. In other words, how, how do you know it's a woman subject to a love? Maybe it, maybe this is true even by relationships punishable by karis. And telling you, going back to the first parak, telling you that even if a woman is an isra erva, maybe the yavam still has to do chalitza. Amakra imlo because the way the pasuk reads about say is that Allah so we're talking about a man who technically could do yibum. But instead of doing yibum, he's doing chalitza. Kol ola liyibum, ola lechalitza. Fachal she'in ola liyibum, ina ola ina ola lechalitza. To teach us about saying that chalitza is only an option when, when, when you. So we have this at the beginning of the sefta. Yibum and chalitza are the two sides of the same coin. Chalitza is only possible, and yibum is only possible. And yibum is only possible, and chalitza is only possible. Ihachi chayve lavin nami. But one second, if that's the case, I don't understand. Then how can you do chalitza in this case as well? Both sides again. Is a Kohen Gadol allowed to do Yibum with, his, with the widow, even if she was widowed from? Is a Kohen Gadol allowed to do Yibum with a widow? Is he allowed to? No. So he can't do Yibum. If that's the case, he can't do Yibum. How can he do Chalitza? Aha, Siddiqui Mars, Harabi Rachmana, Yevimto. That's the boss of the Pakistan comes to say Yevimto. Yevimto is talking about a specific case where Halacha Lamaisa, even though Yibum is not allowed, Chalitza will be mandated. Umarois, but I understand. So why are you coming to include the case of, of Amana? Why don't you instead say that it refers to Chayve Kares? On the days, Mistabra, Chayve Lavin Taf Sibu Kiddushin, Chayve Krisos Lo Taf Sibu Kiddushin. Ah, so I will say, it's very simple. It's very simple. But I'll say, essentially, what Rav's Drasha is like this is that Halacha Lamaisa, Yivimto is coming to teach us the following case. There are cases where, technically speaking, yibum, if you were to, yibum is aser, but if you were to do it, what? It would work. It would work. It would work. Those are cases where we tell the yavam, yibum is aser, and you must do chalitza. Which are which case? Rabbi say, chayvei lavin. 
It's actually a very, very, very important principle. So what the Mishnah is saying is, any time you have a Yibum scenario, where Halacha Lamaisa, the marriage is Asr al-Salav, Yibum is technically possible. Asr, but possible. Therefore, again, in those cases, you must do Chalitza. So in the case, so let's go back for just a second. So here's what's fascinating. This is why, I remember again, how do we get into this conversation? What we're trying to figure out is, the Mishnah gave a case of Amana L'Kohen Gadol. Right? So remember again, we were trying to ask, so why can't, I understand if the woman was widowed from Nisuin, I understand why the Kohen Gadol can't do Yibum. Why? Because although there's an assay of Yibum, on the other end of the equation, what do you have? You have a low assay of Amara and an assay of Besula. Right? So the assay of Yibum can't override the low assay and the assay of this woman. Fine. But if she was widowed from Erisin, all I have is what? All I have is what? Is a losase. So I have an assay of yibum, a losase of amana. Let the assay of yibum override the losase of amana. Rav comes along and says, the drasha says, va'alsa yivimto, to teach you that halacha lamaisa, whenever there is a love, whenever there is a love on this woman, on this marriage, we mandate chalitza, and we don't allow yibum. We'll say, by the way, the novelty in this is, remember, yibum always allows a prohibition. Which prohibition? Eishas ach, right? Your brother's wife. But apparently, what, the Gimar, what we're learning over here, we've already seen this, is yibum really only has the power to allow that one prohibition of Eishas ach. Once you have additional layers of prohibition upon you, ultimately, again, yibum will be also. The chiddush over here is, even though Yibam is Aser, you're going to have to do Chalitza. Going to have to do Chalitza. Incredible. So let's go right there. Says the Gimara, Masiv Rava. So Rava raises a Kasha, Isr Mitzvah, Isr Kidusha. If you have a woman who's in Isr Mitzvah, so remember again, Isr Mitzvah, we said, are women who are Rabbinic Arayos. Rabbinic Arayos. Isr Kidusha is like a model of coin Godol, Grusha to coin Hedyot. Ba'aleha. We'll say, let's say again, the Yavam, the Yavam had relations with her. They had relations. So he did Yibum. Bala, O Chalatz, or for that matter, again, they did Chalitza, right? Niftirat Sarasa. Ultimately, if there are co wives, the co wives are exempted as well. Says, you know, one second. I don't understand. But if Rav, if you're correct, that any time that there's a love, right? Any time that there is a love, Ultimately, again, such a woman is not subject to Yibam, only subject to Chalitza. If the man illegally had relations with her, then why does that exempt the co-wife? Such an act should be looked at as just a regular illicit act, not as an act of Yibam, and the Tzara of the co-wife should still be eligible for Yibam. Ultimately, Rava raised the question and Rava answered the question, Let's study in Katani. They will say, ultimately, again, you have to read those two phrases separately. Ba'aleha a'isr mitzvah. No, 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 we'll say. The case of where the Yavam had relations with her, that's the case of Shnios, where the woman is only asr midrabanon. Okay, so now this makes more sense. If you have a woman who is an isr ever midrabanon, so they're not supposed to do yibum. They're supposed to do chalitza. What if they did yibum? What if they did yibum? We'll say, what if they did yibum? It works. It works. It's yibum. 
It's Yibam. Now again, the ability to sustain that marriage afterwards is a separate discussion. But Lameisa, if you have a woman who is rabbinically prohibited to the Yavam, they're not supposed to do Yibam, but if they did, the Yibam works. Chalotzla a Isra Kedusha. The second part, when it said if, she did, if he did Chalitza with her, that's referring ultimately again to the Isra Kedusha, to the woman ultimately again who is or prohibited by a love. Good. Massive Rava. Rava raises a kasha. Pitsua daka krushifcha. So I'll say these are interesting sugis, which we're going to actually spend a lot of time on this. This is coming down the pipe. Right? So, as we'll say, so again, so, come on. Right? So, so the, so the pitsua daka, the pitsua daka, I'll say, so again, these are individuals, these are men who are not permitted to marry into the general population. We'll discuss why that is. Pitsua daka literally means crushed testicles. Krus shafcha refers. It's interesting, Krush Shafcha often is translated as a, a, a severed organ, but we're going to see it doesn't mean severed. What it means is it's a physical blemish that doesn't allow the zera, that doesn't allow the semen to come out of the body with force, but instead it comes out as a trickle. So these are, again, we'll discuss these halachas. So Ptsuadaka, Krush bottom line for our purposes is these men are not permitted to marry what we'll call regular women, regular Jewish women. So the Gemara says, Sris Adam, Sris Adam Abosai is a person. Rashi says, Shesirsu Adam, Machmas Choli Nistaris. This is a person who has become sterile as a result of, of some type of event that occurred, not, not, not by the hands of heaven, so to speak, right? Not by a Kodesh Baruch, not a natural state, but rather against something that happened to him, Vazokin. What's the case of Zakin? Zakin is just a guy who's old. What's come denominator amongst all these people? Come denominator? They can't have children. They can't have children. So in all of these cases, O Cholzin, O Miyavmin. So we'll say in these cases, what does the Gemara say? They could either do Chalitza or 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 or, or Yibum. Or Yibum. Right? So the Gemara says, so we'll say now we're going to see the, the Gra actually changes this to. And the way it's supposed to read is these people do chalitza and they don't do yibum. Okay, let's see the case. Now Rashi says over here, that's not Rashi's gear, so Rashi says over here, So Rashi says, obviously not the chatkila, they can't do yibum, but rather, again, if they didn't have relations with the yivama, technically speaking, it affects yibum. So, okay, so Rabbi say, what's the case? Here we go. So we'll say, here's case number one. So imagine again, we have brothers, right? Brothers. Brother one, Pitsuadaka, brother two, Kroshivcha, brother three, Krosus Adam, brother four, Zakin. It's quite a mishpacha. Right, so we'll say, so again, you don't need all of these guys, but what it means is you have some of these guys. Right, so we'll say, what happens? Any of these individuals, they die. And obviously, and they don't have children. So these guys died, they left behind wives and surviving brothers. And ultimately, the surviving brothers came along and did ma'amar with the wives. The nasnu get, and they gave a get. The chaltsu, or the and they did chalitza. Masha asu asu. What they did is done. Ve'im ba'alum kanu. But if they had bia, right? If there was bia, if there was relations, ultimately, again, they acquired the wives. Fine. But so here's what we want to focus on. Mesu achim. Shabbos say, let's say you have, so let, let's just say you have this case. Ruven, Shimon, and Levi. Ruven, Shimon, and Levi. 
Ruvain is a Petzua Daka. Ruvain is a Petzua Daka. Now what happens? Shimon and Levi pass away. They leave, they die without children. They leave behind wives. So listen to this. So let's say again, Shimon and Levi die, or even just Shimon dies, he leaves behind the wife without children. And what happens? Now Ruvain, who is the Petzua Daka, Let's say Ruven did Ma'amar, which I was saying was like the quasi-kidushin by Yibum, or Nasnu Get, or he gave a Get, which I was saying we haven't discussed this in depth, but the act of giving a Get to a woman who was waiting for Yibum effectively ends the Zeka bond. Venasnu Get, Oshachaltz, what they did, Chalitza, Masha Asu Asu, ultimately again what's done is done. In other words, it's effective. Ve'im Ba'alu Kanu. And if Ruvain, the Petsuadaka, has relations with his deceased brother's wife, the Yavama, Kanu, he acquires her, but they're not allowed to remain married. So I will say, this is fascinating. What did, what did the Gemara just say over here? What did the Gemara just say? That if a Petsuadaka does Yibum, what's Talacha? What's Talacha? It works. Now I will say, it works. In other words, Alz Yibum, but you're not allowed to stay married. Right, which we're going to see cases like this, where technically speaking, the yibum is effective, but it is ushered to sustain this type of marriage. Now, both say, now this is wild. I don't understand. But Rav, Rav, you just said before, what did Rav say? What did Rav say at the bottom of Chafam What did he say? Any time you have a relationship that is subject to an iser love. What's Ta'alokha Rabbose when it comes to Yibum with that relation? What's Ta'alokha? You must do Chalitza. The relationship is not eligible for Yibum. But what just happened over here? We got a Petsua Daka doing Yibum. Petsua Daka doing Yibum. What did the Imar just say? When the Petsua Daka does Yibum, what's Ta'alokha? What's Ta'alokha? It works. How could it work? Rav, you told me anytime there's an Isra love, the only thing you're allowed to do is Chalitza. Ela Amarava. Okay. Rav is here. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back. We'll say, remember again, how did this whole thing, how did we get into this whole thing? We got into this whole thing because we didn't understand why an Amana from Erisin should be usher to a coin Gadol in Yibam. That's the part we didn't understand, right? Because remember again, an Amana from Nis, let's go back one more time. An Amana from Nisuan, and say, why don't I say an Amana from Nisuan? Why? Why? Good, because Amana and Nisuan, what do you have? On one side of the equation, you have Asay of Yibam. On the other end of the occasion, what do you have? Love of Amana and Asay of Besula. So I understand why you can't do Yibum in that situation because an Asay cannot be Doha, a Losa Asay, and an Asay. What gave us a little bit of problem was what about the case where she's widowed from Erisin? In that case, all I have is what? An Asay of Yibum and a Losa Asay of Amana. But we assume she's still a Besula. Right? So why can't the Kohen Gadol do Yibam in that case? That's where Rav came along and said the answer is because anytime you have a relationship that is subject to a love, you are only allowed to do Chalitza. So now the problem is, it seems like we just disproved that concept because the case of the Petzua Daka, he is an Isra Lav. And we just saw that if he does Yibam, it works. It works. So it says, you're right. Oh, watch this. Rava comes along and says, the truth is, if a woman's widowed, even from 
even from Erosin, she's still not only an assay, or she's not only a low assay of a widow, but there's an also another assay. What's the assay? Kidoshim yiyu leilokehem. Because the Pasuk says to the Kohanim, they have to be holy. So I will say, so in fact, even an Amona from Erosin is going to be a sura to a Kohen, called Kohen Gadol, alts, a low sase of Amona, and an assay of Kidoshim Yehu. Now, it's just, no, it's not an assay on her, it's an assay on what? On him. Okay, interesting. So the Gemara says, Mamzeres in the Sina, my equal to Neymar. So I will say, so what about, what about Mamzeres in the Sina? And I will say, the Kis Mamzeres in the Sina, really again, so I will say, imagine the following situation. Imagine again, brother dies, leaves behind the wife, she's a Mamzeres. She's a mamzeris. Or for that matter, again, the surviving brother is... She's a mamzeris, let's say. She's a mamzeris. So I have an assay of yibum. I have a low assay of not marrying a mamzeris. Why doesn't the assay of yibum trump the low assay of marrying a mamzeris? So which the Gemara says, Ksiv viskadishtem. Because the Pasuk says, you shall sanctify yourself. So therefore, again, even on a mamzeris, there's another, there's an assay in a low assay. Ihachi kolatora kulinami assay of a viskadishtem. If that's the case, I will say you should say that Yibam is always awesome, right? Because there's a passage, right? Viskadishtem, you shall sanctify yourselves, is a general mandate upon every single Jew. In which case, again, perhaps Yibam should always be awesome because of Viskadishtem. Allah said, Rabbi say, here we go. Allah say, here it is. Here it is. Rabbi says, you're right. You're right. If you want to advance a halachic argument, Rabbi say, should a coin Gadol be permitted to do Yibam with an Amana from Erisin? And the answer is yes. Yes. Why? Because it will say very simple. Why? You have an assay of Yibam and what? And what? A low assay of what? Amana. Amana. Right? And remember again, there's no Ushul Basula because she was widowed from Erisin. So technically speaking, in that circumstance, we should say that Halacha the assay of Yibum, trumps the low sassay, trumps the low sassay, ultimately again, of, of Amana. But Lamaisi, no, I don't want to do it. We're concerned that if we let the Kohen Gadol do Yibum with an Amana from Erisin, he may inadvertently and mistakenly come to do what? Yibum with an Amana from Nisuin. Which you say, so therefore, essentially what we're saying is, it's an Isidir Abanon. You're right. Halachically, halachically, a coin gadol should be permitted to do yibam with an almana from erusin. Midrabanon, we say don't do it because we're concerned you're going to confuse her. You're going to confuse her with an almana from nisuin. Similarly, Ultimately, it's the same idea. Why don't we let a man do yibam with a mamzeras? After all, let's say that the assay of yibam is docha the los assay of mamzeras. Watch this. So the Gemara says, Gzeira b'makom mitzvah atushlo b'makom mitzvah. We're concerned that if we let you marry a mamzeres in the context of Yibum, you may inadvertently do what? Come to marry a mamzeres shalo b'makom mitzvah outside of Yibum as well. We're concerned. We're concerned. Chazal, we're concerned. If we let you, if we let, if we permit this relationship here, people both say don't always know don't always understand all the technicalities and all they see is kind of the externality. So what do they see? They're going to see a coin marrying, a marrying, an, marrying an Amana. And they're, and they're not going to know that what? I she's an Amana from Erisin. He can't marry an Amana from Erisin. So therefore we say, don't marry out Erisin, let's come to Nisuin. If we allow Yibam with the Mamzeres, people will see a Jewish man marrying a Mamzeres. They're going to assume that what? You can marry Mamzeres. Elameata. So it's incredible. So why don't we say, you know what? 
you shouldn't be able to do Yibum with your paternal brother's wife, lest you come to do Yibum with your maternal brother's wife. Right? If we're concerned about confusion, then Yibum itself should be Yasser. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Yibum benachla talarachmana made the yada. Idea. Let's say people know that Yibum, Yibum is linked to inheritance. And everyone knows that inheritance is what? From paternal. From the, so, we'll say, so it's interesting. If there's one thing that people never get confused about, it's what? Money, right? Everybody's got explain Isser, I get as a lot of I'm very foggy when it comes to what's prohibited. Money, crystal clear. Crystal clear. So the Gemara says, I Labanim Yabim, So why don't we say you shouldn't do Yibam with a woman who doesn't have children? Meaning when a woman when a woman is the product when, when, when the deceased husband didn't have children, lest you come to confuse this and think you can marry your sister in law even when your brother in law when your brother did have children. This is the Gemara says, come on. Bebanim talarachmana, made the yada. People will know. Aishas achiv shayba alama lotis yabim. Why don't we say that the truth is, you can't go out and do Yibom with brothers who lived at the same time, lest you come to do Yibom with brothers, between brothers ultimately again, where the brother was born only after the death of his brother, to which the Gemara says, Yeshiva Talarachmana made the Yidia. So we'll say, what the Gemara, you see what the Gemara is doing now? What the Gemara is saying is, well, once you're concerned, why don't we extend the concern for all of these cases? To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. We'll say, in general, when we're concerned for confusion, we're not concerned for general confusion. We assume people know basic concepts. Well, we're concerned, we're, we'll say, where do people get confused? Or where, where are we concerned for confusion? When there's an area of nuance. There's an area of nuance. Sigmar says, lotis yabno. Ta, ta, First white line, Gzerim Shub Islandis. So why don't we say, in general, we shouldn't allow women to do yibum because of a concern that if you allow women in general to do yibum, what's going to happen? Even an islandist is going to do yibum. Lo shricha. I will say, islandist is an uncommon condition. Mamzer is from the sinah nami lo shricha. I, but mamzer and the sinah is also not so shriach. I will say, it's not, mamzerim are not so common. I will say, mamzerim are very common. Halachic mamzerim are not so common, right? In other words, right, so again, right, so, right? but the, the, idea, the idea over here is that halachic mamzer is not the shriach thing. To which the Gemara says, Allah Amarava, Gezeira, Biarishona, Atu Biashnia. They both say, this is absolutely fascinating. You know, we're gonna, we'll, we'll start this now, but we'll continue with this later. So we'll say, so I just want to point out, so just to understand, what, what we have over here so far is like this. We're trying just to figure out, we're trying to figure out that halacha lamaisa, why is it that the coin gadol can't do yibum with the amana from Arison. So we wanted this, because remember again, that's a simple case of an assay versus a los assay. Assay of Yibum versus los assay of amana. So originally what we posited, what Rav posited was, because the, we learned from a drasha, the Torah teaches us that Allah any time a woman is subject to a lav, there is no option of Yibum, only Chalitza. We blew that out of the water. Why? Because the Petuadaka case. Because we had a case of Tzuadaka, which is clearly a lav, and yet again, he is affecting, he is affecting Yibum, right? And it works, and it works. Sefer say we pivoted now, and what essentially the Gemara is suggesting over here is that Halacha, well, Rava wanted to suggest that even in general, even in general, that, that there is an assay and a losa say even when she is widowed from Arison. 
to which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, but then every part, every situation of Yibam should be Asr, because there's always an additional Asavis Kadishtem, to which Rava came along and said, it's Xerad Rabbanon. It's Xerad Rabbanon. That in certain nuanced cases, in certain nuanced cases, Chazal said, we don't want you doing Yibam. Why not? Because we're concerned that people are not well versed in the nuance. So for example, if we're going to com- permit a coin Gadol to do Yibam with a woman who is widowed from Erosin, but not from Nisuin, most people don't know how to navigate that level of nuance. So therefore, Halacha the Xerah Dirabanan will be, you can't do Yibam in that situation. So also, we'll stop over here for today. We're going to pick up with El Amar the first one. So I'm kind of leaving you off. We didn't finish the sugya. We didn't finish the sugya, but we'll conclude the sugya tomorrow. I'll say, but again, where we left off was Rava essentially saying that you're right, technically it's permitted, but Chazal stepped in and said, don't do it, to be continued tomorrow. Mirza Hashem. Shkayach.